coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Right, you were with Bloomin, right? Um, I was. Um, prior to that, and how I got involved with Bloomin was I was with uh, a group called um, the Papas Brothers. And so they have Papacitos and things like mm-hmm. that. And my father, being on different boards, worked with those guys as well as Johnny Caraba, Damian Mandola, mm-hmm. guys like that, whom eventually were purchased by um, Outback, by Bloomin Brands. Right. Believe it or not, I did a, a stint in, in stage acting. You know, I never thought of this until just now, but probably the, the stage part of your life probably helps with the restaurant business, too. It does. I mean, you're, you have you're to act ultimately... Like you have to act like you're not pissed off at the pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it takes a lot of acting skill to do that. <laughs> Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. The show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. The podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and new episodes will automatically download, and then you can listen to them anytime you want like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, we talk with Mike Sponogle, the owner of Booyah Ramen. We find out from Mike that he originally didn't intend on being in the restaurant business, but it was in his blood and he organically became an expert restaurateur. And we have some news on the imminent expansion of the Booyah brand. We have have a great great show, so so stick stick around. around. We talk a lot about Anata and why you really must go. But don't just take our word for it. Now we have reason to congratulate them on making revered food critic of the Tampa Bay Times, Laura Riley's list of top cheese and charcuterie for 2019. Anata is one of only four that made that list. That's pretty incredible. Here is what Laura had to say about Anata. Before I ditched anonymity as a food critic, I declined to be Facebook friends with chefs, restaurateurs, and readers. I tell you this because I now realize what I was missing. The past few months, when I have an idle moment, I see what Anata's executive chef, Joshua Breen, is posting, snaps of plate presentations as artfully composed as any Dutch golden age still life. Anata is still the go-to if you want to concoct a board of cheeses and salumi served with excellent accoutrements and crackers, but don't neglect the rest of the menu, from really lively salads, a good bowl of mussels with melted leeks, and a whiny buttery broth, to the daily fish special that seems to be one of Breen's chief social media muses. This is what we have been saying all along, so I will say it again. Thank you, Laura, and you really must go to Anata. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. Thank you for listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I'm Kevin Godby. 
My co-host is Lori Brown, and our guest today is the owner of Booyah Ramen, which is on the 900 block in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Please welcome Mike Spinagle. Did I say it right? You got it right. Better than I do most of the time. Okay, good. <laughs> I was supposed to ask you that before I started, but uh, I forgot. No, perfect. Okay, awesome. Thanks for coming. No, of course. Thanks yes, for having thank me. Yeah, almost, almost fresh off the plane from a big trip that we'll talk about in a little bit. And with the raspy voice and everything, so maybe, maybe we'll have you do a Clint Eastwood impersonation. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's part of the, uh, the voiceover for sure. So, so Booyah is coming up on uh, two years, right? In August? Um, actually, two will be, um, two was just this past August. We opened August oh. um, 2016, oh, so we're know, about two and a half mark now. You know yeah. what? I knew that. I have August 2016 down. I still think it's 2018. Yeah. I'm still <laughs> writing that on checks. math on the even numbers. I'm, I'm still yeah. writing that on checks. <laughs> well, it's, so it's funny how fast it goes as well. Yeah. You know, when we hit the two-year mark, I was like, yeah, you've got to be kidding me. It seems like we opened the door two weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Okay. So a little bit about you. Where are you originally from? How did you find yourself in the restaurant business? Originally from Houston. And my father was in the hotel business. Uh, I grew up with him. And so that kind of... Um, had a little bit of influence on it, but believe it or not, I did a, a stint in, in stage acting, which is, is kind of odd, but all through school and um, a lot of my college career um, was on stage. And I decided at a certain point to, uh, to switch. I didn't want to make the move to New York or L.A. And, and end up in restaurant business my whole life, ironically. Right. And so, um, so I switched to um, switch degrees. I um, ended up studying finance, but as everyone through um, through their college career was restaurant business. Uh, my father being in hospitality, um, I started up with some of the the bigger chain guys um, in Houston. Houston's a big food town as well, as you know. Right, you were with Bloomin, right? Um, I was um, prior to that, and how I got involved with Bloomin was I was with a, a group called um, the Papas Brothers, and so they have Papacitos and things like mm-hmm. that. And my father being on different boards. Worked with those guys as well as Johnny Caraba, Damian Mandola, mm-hmm. guys like that, whom eventually were purchased by um, Outback, by Bloomin' Brands. Right. And so that was kind of that transition. And right around that same time, I decided to make the move over to, uh, to Florida. And where were you? My, I'm sorry. Um, was coming from Houston, so my, my parents were separated. Okay. So had been, you know, my whole school career through Houston and in Texas and Mom's over on the other coast mm-hmm. in Florida, so I'm like, time to, to check that out. Right. So, so I made the move over, finished University of South Florida, and continued on with corporate restaurants. You know, I never thought of this until just now, but probably the, the staged part of your life probably helps with the restaurant business, too. It does. I mean, you're, you have you're to act ultimately... Like you have to act like you're not pissed off at the pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it takes a lot of acting skill to do that. <laughs> um, it does. And it's one of those things where in restaurants, you're, you're on stage as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah. not only about the food and the decor, but it's the, the human element as well. And that's kind of where that comes in and helps out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's one of the things that can make a difference in a restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just this approachable nature. You know, yeah. it's, it's wanting to be in... in communicate with the with the guests and things like that so no it did it played a, a large influence on on you know that side of it so and i think booya is not your first restaurant that you started is that correct no i've done uh, i've done quite a few projects so kind of through through the corporate world you get recruited uh, my first uh, gm i believe was at, at 23 mm-hmm. and that evolves into consulting and then obviously getting on um, and doing your own thing back and forth most of that was in miami so mm-hmm. we've done um, a project called Prost, which was a prop up, which we actually did 
here in St. Petersburg for last World Cup as well. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from stuff in the, the Caribbean and Bimini mm-hmm. um, to mostly on the Miami side, um, oyster bars, um, as well as a little bit of ramen, mm-hmm. um, which kind of leads us to that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So M- Miami was your first, the first place you moved to in Florida? Um, no, came to actually downtown St. Pete. This oh. was in 1998. Mm-hmm. So I was in downtown St. Pete um, directly from Houston and stayed here until 2008. In 1998. There was what, nothing here. What, yeah. <laughs> no, what, was, what leads you to St. Pete in 1998? Yeah, my mother His lived mother. on this coast. Yep. And, okay. and gotcha. also it was, a, it was a natural transition without back being based here. So okay. it was easy to get it working with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, on their opening teams, corporate training. So it was kind of a, an easy transition. Mm-hmm. Um, although restaurant jobs are, especially in markets that are hospitality driven, are fairly easy to come by. Right. But it was easy to, um, to transition into that. And so that kind of kept me here in base. And I actually stayed downtown for about 10 years until oh, wow. we moved to Miami in 2008. Wow. And came back? 2015, that's, that's when we launched the Booyah brand. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of uh, something where... Wanted a little bit of change from Miami, and St. Pete Market was a familiar territory for me. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, I had gotten married uh, to my wonderful wife, Janelle, mm-hmm. and we had a, a little one. She was two at the time, uh, Mila, and we decided to kind of slow the pace a little bit and move back to uh, mm-hmm. St. Petersburg from Miami mm-hmm. um, after all those projects and really decided that this is where we wanted to start kind of our Opus brand. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we were going to do multi-store, really set an anchor behind. And I thought that St. Petersburg was a perfect test market for that. How did you decide on ramen? So that goes back to Miami. Um, we were doing quite a few projects. And on the consulting side, as well as original concepts of mine, and came across a, a businessman from Hong Kong who wanted to get into restaurants. Mm-hmm. Nice. So with Booyah Ramen, what makes Booyah Ramen special? It's kind of funny. It, it turned into a passion project based on one of the last things we had done in Miami, which was getting into ramen. I had a partner from Hong Kong who just loved Japan. He was a real estate holder, so he had a lot of commercial property in downtown in Brickell. And he wanted to do ramen and dumplings and yakitori and, and all of these kind of Japanese comfort foods. Mm-hmm. So he approached me and asked if I wanted to partner up with him. He had the buildings and, and loved the food and knew me from the industry and other projects we had done. Right. So we partnered up mm-hmm. and we opened a couple of restaurants, um, one ramen, one dumpling and one um, yakitori as well. And, and that's when was of, that? This was ugh, 2012, mm-hmm. roughly. Okay. Yep. And that's really where I kind of fell in love with the food. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just the humility behind it. It's, it's comfort food. It's street mm-hmm. food. But it's a lot of times misinterpreted just because of stuff you see on the shelf in right. styrofoam cups. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's funny. They're, they're, College freshman. There are actually oh, yeah. still people that the only thing they know of ramen is the, you know, the instant stuff in the styrofoam right. cups. Right. Yeah. We come across that quite a bit. Wow. It's, yeah. What a difference. Uh, so you guys make your own broth from scratch. Yep. Correct. So we wanted to, to stay true to the food because it is a very, it is a very humble cuisine. And we wanted to be authentic. We didn't want to get into mixing a lot of fusion and this and that. We really wanted to start simple with the consumer education side of it. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. a lot of people are familiar with the, the cup of noodles and stuff like that. And it's not that. 
you know, so we wanted to stay simple, authentic, and kind of educate the consumer as to what that was really about. So we started with making our own broths from scratch, which is a fairly lengthy process. Right, the, right. The, um, the tonkatsu takes up to 20 hours, you know. And There's a lot of different ingredients in that. There is, yeah, there is. Right, you have process. to get all those layers of depth and flavor. Mm-hmm. And it comes it. in stages, mm-hmm. you know. And so we wanted to keep it simple like that. Um, as you've seen, our menu's one page. And mm-hmm. we really wanted to have the opportunity to talk to our guests and explain that process and where this food comes from. I mean, that was kind of the inspiration behind it. Mm-hmm. was something, uh, a cuisine that I had fallen in love with. And when we decided to move back to St. Petersburg, we were deciding what concept we had done that we wanted to bring back, and we thought it's a perfect time for noodles. Yeah, there's nothing like it. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Yes. Yeah, we, we love Buya Ramen. <laughs> Aside from the ramen, there's also the... Izakaya plates. So Izakaya, yes. thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. See, you got your punctuation down today. <laughs> yeah, and so that's, so basically in Japan, they have a concept and it's, it's called an izakaya. And an izakaya is basically your after work pub that mm-hmm. you go to and you've got small food, small plates, um, bites, and you typically finish the experience up with a bowl of ramen. So you come in cold beer, some sochu, and mm-hmm. some of these small plates. And so the, the second portion of our menu is that, the, the izakaya plates, where, again, are inspired by just small, shareable plates, Japanese tapas, if you will. Mm-hmm. The story on those fish balls. Coming right out. I'll hurry it up, all right? All I've had today is like six gummy bears and some scotch. And then that kind of rounds out at a, a big bowl of noodles. And right. by that time, all the drinks are soaked up and... You've been there for a few hours, and you're like, "What happened? <laughs> where, where am I?" I love those blistered shishito peppers. Those are oh, awesome. those are those are amazing. And a couple of things also for anybody listening that has not been to Buya, some people at first glance in the past will say, "Oh, a, a bowl of soup it costs this much." Yeah, it's a big ass bowl huge. of soup. It's huge, huge. <laughs> That's huge, Tom. You we gotta get huge. it. Huge. With a lot of stuff in it, a lot of ingredients. And then sometimes somebody will compare to another ramen place that's doing something similar. But what they do is they say, okay, well, here's what the bowl of ramen costs. And then here's a dozen things you can choose to add to it. So if when, and when you start adding those, there really is no price difference. Right. And yeah, so it's, it's really, when you find out what you're getting and how good it is, it's not expensive at all. Definitely go with an appetite. And you guys still have the lunch special? With yep. The, so, yeah. So, a great thing for lunch, like a full bowl of ramen is, a, that's a big lunch. Too much, yeah. So, you can get a half a bowl of ramen and an izakaya. Izakaya plate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is a great deal. So, the lunch special is a great deal, too. If you, so, don't avoid it for lunch. Just get the lunch special. Yeah, that's, right. that's a great point as well. And, and as we were talking about trying to keep it simple, um, it's very true. And the reason our bowls are done the way they are, as opposed to kind of this just add-on menu, is we really wanted to create a composed dish. Right. Yeah. It's all, all the flavors. Go to, right. Yeah, that go together and it, you're not left sitting like, well, should I add this and should I add that? And before you know it, you've got three eggs and, and all these <laughs> things. And you're like, oops, I didn't know what I was doing. And right, so exactly, yeah. It's just, it's, it, it comes as it is and it's as it should be. And so, yeah, you already have all those kind of toppings on it. So that's a very good point. Yes. And when you started this from the get-go, you always had in mind that you wanted it to be more than one location, correct? Uh, yes, this is correct. That's kind of born out of us liking to travel, you know, mm-hmm. um, we've got some some flexibility with with just uh, just Mila, and so my wife's from Trinidad and Tobago, so we like to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And one of the concepts was to open stores and markets that 
we enjoy and that we, we'd like to travel to, mm-hmm. but also have a connection to as well from friends, from family, from our network. And so, yeah, that's, that's the idea is to, uh, to keep these, uh, these going and opening a few here and there. That will be a perfect segue into our next segment after the break to find out what's coming up next. You have some exciting news. Yes? Oh, yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. When you think of engine number nine, what do you typically think of, Kevin? Amazing burgers. Yes. Very creative, very inventive, kick-ass burgers. But they also have a great New Orleans-inspired other half of the menu. Remember the gumbo I had recently? Ooh, that was really good and nice and spicy. I was surprised you finished it. I know. The roux is just so flavorful and delicious. Besides the gumbo, they also have jambalaya, a few sriracha dishes, and the hot dogs are awesome. And you can't forget the best fried pickles in town, and I am talking pickle spears. Yeah, I've seen you eat those pickles for your whole meal. Yeah, for my birthday once, remember? But what we're trying to say is check out engine number nine for your favorite burger and so much more. Yes, you will love engine number nine. They're in downtown St. Pete on the corner of First Ave North and MLK. And try the Black Flag Burger and the Chili Dog. You can thank me later. Engine, engine number nine, going down the railroad line. We are back with the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I'm Kevin Godby, and Lori Brown is my co-host and co-other things, too, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Our guest is Michael Spinagle, the owner of Booyah Ramen in downtown St. Pete. And you just got back from a trip to Berlin. Uh, correct. And you have some things that are going to be happening there and in Miami also, yes? Uh, yeah, this is correct. Um, as we were discussing, you know, the concept behind Booyah was to take this, I don't want to say multi-store, but to do a few of them in different markets that we enjoy. We have networks in and also to kind of spread that whole cuisine education on Japanese food mm-hmm. um, in the places where we haven't really experienced it too much. So yes, the and you heard it here first. <laughs> um, the next location will be in Miami. Welcome to Miami. That is actually under construction now. We will open this summer for that location. Wow! And you're going to be moving back to Miami. Yep, we'll be moving back um, again. There's always, I mean, I'll be back and forth. There's there's a tie to St. Petersburg before there was Miami mm-hmm. again, and that goes back 21 years. Right. Um, so we'll bounce back and forth between the two, um, but we'll move permanently back to Miami for that store. Mm-hmm. Um, that is in the if you're familiar with Miami, it's in kind of the Little Havana district, which mm-hmm. is a historic That's great. indigenous uh, area there, which which was kind of important to us. Right. And it will be Booyah Ramen. It'll be the same. Correct. Now, this is going to be more of a, a full-fledged izakaya where St. Petersburg is focused on ramen. This yes. is going to have a, a larger menu with some of the things um, we had talked about before, like yakitori, uh, tempura, uh, dumplings. So you're going to have a, a larger menu, partly because we have the flexibility with the space. Uh, right. We're right. kind of limited here in St. Petersburg with the size of the kitchen. Right. I see a trip to Miami in our future. I've never been. Um, no really? way. I- I, I've told you this, goofball. Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. There was just shock in the room, everyone. <laughs> I've been driven through to get to Key West and all that, but I've never actually been to South Beach or Miami. Well, if um, if the timing works, obviously come down for the opening. That would be great. And oh, that'd be you, awesome. You followed us from day one here in St. Petersburg and been great supporters, and so we'd love to invite you down for that. Thank you. Um, and that'll be in the summer, so That's that'll be a good reason to go. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> 
Before that, we're, we're getting involved with the South Beach Food and Wine Fest as well. Um, so we'll be participating in that. And that's actually this month. A lot of people from St. Pete go down. Yes. Which is another one. Um, another great time to get down there to experience a lot of different cuisines and chefs from all over the world. And you did that last year as well. I remember talking to Ryan about that, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We did it last year. Um, we did Andrew Zimmern's uh, Lucky Chopsticks event. And then this year we'll be um, in the Grand Tasting on the beach. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, very nice, especially this time of year. Yes. And what happened in Berlin? What's going on with that? <laughs> <laughs> Pull the shades down. <laughs> so throughout Miami and, and the projects that I was doing there, I've got, and I'll start here because people are going to wonder why Berlin. Right, and so, right. So um, we, we met a couple of good friends that we did projects with down there. And they're originally from Germany, uh, Frankfurt and Berlin, and one of them recently moved back to Berlin. And it was always kind of on the roadmap for us to do a store there. Again, we we enjoy it and friends, family networks out there. So we thought it was going to take longer to get there, but this person moved back sooner. And so I've been going back and forth for the past six months. And we've actually, um, we launched in a ghost kitchen. Um, I would just say Google it, but Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. kind of a, a, a restaurant without a home. Uh, more or less. So we did that in November. And then we've actually found a, a true brick and mortar um, like location for our pop up. Mm-hmm. And that will be opening in May of this year. Wow, before Miami. Before Miami, exactly. A little less to do there. Um, <laughs> it's already kind of a, an existing space, but that will run from, from May through July. And then that will lead into um, a physical store location there in Berlin. Um, mm-hmm. Between fourth quarter this year and beginning of 2020 so that will be the third location um all happening very quickly as mm-hmm. you can kind of tell but that was that was the game plan and you take advantage of it when you can it's right it's pretty cool this you know if you see you're looking at a menu and it says st pete Miami, yeah, yeah berlin, berlin. <laughs> uh, exactly yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah awesome. that's that's kind of it it looks good on the t-shirt as well yeah. so we're like yeah. we're taking the fun stores um but yeah it's, it's a neat experience and again it's it comes from our family and the lifestyle we want to live as well as presenting this food to to markets that haven't been familiar with it and right. really get the authentic experience behind it and understanding of of what this humble japanese culture and cuisine is mm-hmm. mike spinagle international man of ramen <laughs> the voice gives it away <laughs> that's so funny um, those stores are, are going to be fun as well because they're a little smaller, a little more intimate. You know, you typically see 50 to 60 seats. Um, and the Berlin store will be a ramen um, store as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, we're just really excited. We've got some some great friends out there that are partners. And um, again, just the opportunity to get over there and bring the brand there mm-hmm. and do what we do here, which is, you know, put out authentic, humble food that, that we enjoy. I know we're a little biased, but... So do they not have any ramen in Berlin? What's the market like there? You're starting to see it pop up. So so Berlin's kind of, for lack of a better term, like the hipster capital of Europe. You right. know? Um, it's a very progressive city, about 4 million people in population. So it is progressive from an international food scene. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, there's like one ramen shop. Wow. You know, so the opportunity is there and their concept that exists there is is heavy on the Japanese culture side of things where with Buya we stay true to the food, but we kind of bring this Western element to it right mm-hmm. with the craft cocktails and the fun and the communal dining and things like that, which is something you typically don't see in Japan. So we really wanted to, to mix it up where 
you get to experience the food in the way you would there, but you have this fun, playful, kind of whimsical element to it as well with the bar and just the conversations and, and right. the buzz and electricity that you have. That'll definitely work really well with the hipster. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's loud, it's fun, it's buzzy. Lifestyle. Yeah. Punk rock art. You yeah, know. yeah. I see a trip to Berlin in our future. I do too. <laughs> so it's Berlin in May, and then yeah. shortly after, we'll, we'll rendezvous back in Miami. Yeah. Well, we have Paris in April, too. Right. You guys are busier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so the website is buyaramen, B-U-Y-A-R-A-M-E-N.com. The St. Pete location is on the 900 block mm-hmm. of downtown in the Edge District. What's the exact address, Mike? Yeah, 911 Central Avenue. Okay. Great. Mike, thank you so much for being here. Everybody check out Booyah Ramen. Yes. No, thanks for having me, guys. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for the support. Great. We will be right back. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. This is Chris Walker. And We were invited to Altamari's friends and family event prior to the opening. What a gorgeous interior. It feels elegant and airy with a coastal feel. We got to try some delectable dishes such as the egg, the Hawaiian ahi and tuna foie, which is done tataki style, and the crispy hamachi collar. What did you think of those, Kevin? It was excellent. It looks a little uh, odd at first, but don't let that scare you. It looks like a fishtail. It's not. It's the collar, and it's actually super juicy and tender. After this preview, we simply can't wait for our next visit to Altomare Fish Bar. So get yourselves to Altomare today for a taste of the deep sea. Altomare Fish Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, our musical guest is Love and Lament. Their indie folk sound pulls influences from Chantel's choral background, incorporating ethereal harmonies, and Joshua taking some influence from his early punk and extended metal background with the structure of their songwriting. We will feature the song, Someone Like Me, from the Love and Lament EP, right after the Fast Five Foodies questions. And with us today from Love and Lament, we have Chantel Lester. Welcome to the show, Chantel. Yes, welcome. Thank you for having me. Are you ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? Yes, I think. Okay, let's, (laughs) let's see how you do. What's your favorite food? Okay, favorite food would definitely, this is... So cliche, but chocolate, but like chocolate. specifically like molten chocolate cake type. Nice. Of, yeah. That's, like, a, that's a good favorite food. Yeah. That's very specific. Very good. <laughs> yes. Thank you for being specific and you don't have to figure things out. What, what's your least favorite food? Ooh, um, radishes. And that has a story to it, but that's okay. okay. You can tell the story. Okay. So my father used to grow radishes. Because that's about like all he could grow. That and like some carrots and cherry tomatoes. So I have 
these memories of being like five years old and my dad making salad and cutting up radishes mm -hmm. and like forcing me to eat them. Because, and I didn't want to eat them because they're spicy. Mm -hmm. Right. They have a sting to them. Yeah. They do. Especially when you're a kid. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know. They just like taste like, I don't know. It's not, it's like pungent. Yes. Yeah. You're <laughs> so, so you're traumatized by this. I am. I still won't, I won't eat radishes. So even if I tell you, if you have them cubed with butter and salt, they're really good. You're probably not going to try it anyway. If they were like braised or roasted and like thrown in with like, something else then maybe maybe okay. <laughs> maybe we, we won't force you to go down there, no right? fresh radishes please don't ever bring me them <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant in st pete oh my gosh in st pete this also goes for seminole heights where we live but ichikoro mm -hmm. cool they are right there really right yes down below. this is a perfect like noodle day it so. is yes yeah, it's, it's rainy today <laughs> salt or pepper Salt, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that goes along with uh, liking ramen and yes. ichikoro. Yeah, also. yeah. I mean, like pepper, it depends. Is it adobo pepper or adobe? I was uh, talking about regular pepper. Yeah, you know, we never have specified right. that, but what we were thinking at the time was black pepper. Uh, well, yeah, it's just the brand. Uh, I, I have see. found out that there are brands that are very spicy. Uh, so ah, a little okay. goes a long way. I'll have to get some notes from you after. <laughs> <laughs> Can you cook? Yes. Oh, what do you cook? I mean... Nothing with radishes. Nothing with mm. radishes. I have been experimenting with, uh, you know, like the mashed cauliflower recently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not doing like full on keto, but, you know, trying to be, you know, good to some degree. So, because right. we get fed wherever we play. So. You're right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. We, we have a similar problem. Too. Yeah, we do. <laughs> But uh, I make a good like stuffed stuffed cabbage, mm -hmm. um, like Italian style. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, sounds really good. And we have an extra bonus question just for you. Yes. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten, or your family has ever eaten? Well, the we eat spaghetti with corn on the side. I knew it. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as you walked in the door, I'm like, she looks like someone who eats spaghetti with corn on the side. So not mixed in, just, just as like a not, side dish. Not mixed in, which my mother-in-law tried to correct me. And I was like, I know, I know that tastes good. But like, no, we do it on the side. And uh, it was the first thing that my husband ate at our house mm -hmm. when we were dating. We were 19. So this came from your family? This came from my family. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And what's the, what's the origin? It was just somebody said, hey, let's think of something weird and do it. I know. This is my, my father's like sad attempt to try to figure out what vegetable goes with, like with, <laughs> with everything. And um, I think, you know, I grew up kind of, I grew up kind of poor. So we didn't have like lots of like fresh vegetables. Mm -hmm. So my father's like, let's put corn on the side. And I, it's normal to everyone in my family, but my husband like... Like he ate it, didn't say anything, and then told on me to my mother-in-law, was my future mother-in-law at the time, and <laughs> she brought it up. And so it's been a debate ever since. But I've in eleven years that we've been together, I've only met one person that has eaten it that way on the side. That's so funny. So <laughs> you didn't realize it was strange until after your husband pointed it out. He was like, "If you go to Olive Garden, can you get a side dish of corn?" And I was like, 
Oh, right. So you just thought this is how you're supposed to <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah. I was That's like, so it's funny. normal. And he's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Lori, Lori loves corn. I love corn. I put corn in things most people wouldn't put corn in. We, we made ca- chicken cacciatore this weekend. And I said, let's add some corn to it. He goes, Lori, every, every Italian <laughs> everywhere is going, What? And yet, I have Italian in my background, and I'm like, corn mm-hmm. is awesome. So, see? Yeah. Mm. And chili. It's great in chili. Approved. Mm-hmm. And try tuna and corn sandwiches. Oh, my. <laughs> Y'all out there, do it. It's awesome. Tuna and corn sandwiches. This episode brought to you by weirdfoods.com. <laughs> Started by me. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so corny. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, we can go forever. Yeah. <laughs> So Love and Lament is you and your husband, Joshua. Yes. You used to do separate projects. Mm-hmm. You in classical choral and Joshua in heavy metal. Yes. So similar. Very similar. Not really. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> depends which metal band you listen right. to. Yeah. Uh, but now you've come together musically to form Love and Lament mm-hmm. uh, in the indie folk genre. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to feature your song, Someone Like Me, yes. from the Love and Lament EP that actually just came out. Uh, appropriately on February 14th, yes. Valentine's Day. Nice. It was nice. The, uh, before we get into the song, the online location to find you guys is at Facebook, facebook.com slash love and lament, spelled, all spelled out. We'll have that linked in the show notes also so people yes. can just click right through to it. So tell us about the song, Someone Like Me. Well, I was actually in, like taken aback that you chose this one. This is a song that I began to write about six years ago, I was working at a produce market. And while I'm grading through blueberries, actually, (laughs) this started to come to me, but it was inspired by um, a personal situation that I had that I had witnessed my friend go through a close friend. And at that time, there was a lot of debate in the church about same sex marriage. Mm -hmm. So that was on my mind while I was writing this as well. And it, it is kind of directed towards the Christians, and I'm using quotations, yeah, mm-hmm. um, that are more interested in, in judging mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to figure this all out instead of having, um, getting to know people and walking with them through their struggles. Right, and just demonstrating love like they preach. Exactly. Like, think think I'm like addressing like Westboro Baptist type yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of them listen to the show, so we don't have to no. worry, about, <laughs> worry about hate. Mail. I, I am kind of spicy. So like, I'd be like, do it, do it. Listen to this. You know, there's like, there's like a group down in Ybor that has the same approach and it's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I hope they do listen because we haven't gotten much mail lately. So I'll, I'll even take, oh. I'll even take hate mail. <laughs> I, <laughs> Bring it. I well, I feel bad for you. I, that's why I was like, I asked, I asked uh, Kate. I was like, who chose um, this one? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Kevin. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually went through and listened to each song twice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and then decided on this one. I, I just, I, I, it was my favorite one, just you know, music-wise. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. it it has Welcome. a lot of. Um, like African American spiritual choral, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, background to that. Um, it's not an actual uh, choir. It's me. I do all the choral parts, but yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> it was 
cool and crazy while I was doing it because yeah. there's so many parts to it. But I, I really enjoyed it. I had no idea that I could, that I could put that all together. Mm-hmm. I was used to being in a choir and being directed, but to actually write it out. Was, you were the choir and the choir director. Yeah, it was an amazing <laughs> process. That's excellent. So here we are with Someone Like Me from the Love and Lament EP from Love and Lament. Thank you, Chantal. Thank you. Thank you.
Comments from last week's show, we have Shannon. She says, I love Pizza Box, and your music segment always introduces me to my next artist fix. I'm obsessed with this song now. Thank you, Shannon. She is referring to the song Money on the Side by Nija, and we love that song, and we love Pizza Box too. Papito Fierro says, What a great interview. Interesting and well-spoken. I'm happy for you guys. Christine Summer says, Delicious wood-fired pizza and meatballs, and we couldn't agree more. Jill Rowell says, It's nice to hear your voice, although it sounds a little deeper over the years. Congrats on your pregnancy. Sending love from Tennessee. Hi, this is Kelly from Pizza Box. Not really. And Sean Scott, our friend and neighbor, says, Pizza Box. Unique. Special. Best pie in St. Pete. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for everybody for listening and commenting. New stuff on the St. Petersburg Foodies website. Since last week, uh, we have news that uh, Beantown Pub South has a new chef who is uh, award-winning, celebrated New England chef Mike Nappy from Portland, Maine. And with that, we got to meet Mike, and they have a bunch of new food and some really cool creative stuff coming up. So you can see all that food porn on stpetersburgfoodies.com. We also have three brand new best of list. We have the five best cupcakes in St. Pete, the five best pasta dishes, and the 10 best wings in St. Pete. On next week's show, we have Stephen Schrutt, the owner of Hunger Thirst Group, which owns The Avenue, Park and Rec, and the recently opened No Vacancy, which you can see a review on the site. And to comment on the show by email, you can write to lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Player FM, amongst others. And lastly, if you have a voice-activated home assistant, you can play us on that. That would be like Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo, or Google Home. 
This is Kelly from Pizza Box, and you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Mike Sponagle. And thanks to our sponsors, Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar, their sister restaurant, Altamari Fish Bar, and Engine Number no. 9, where you can get some of the best, best burgers, burgers in, in St. Pete. Pete. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. You are a disgrace, Aru. Arigatou gozaimasu.